everybody and welcome to another brand new episode of T Watches a Scary Movie. My name is T and of course we're talking scary movies. I appreciate you tuning in for another brand new episode. Remember, new episodes go up every Wednesday night 8.30pm Mountain Standard Time. You have the video version on the YouTube page which is youtube.com slash C slash Theron Reynolds Scary Movie. And then the audio-only version goes up 30 minutes beforehand, 8 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, on all your favorite audio podcasting platforms. Uh, just search Twasm, search T Watches a Scary Movie, and you can find the show. Make sure to subscribe so you can keep on the update for when new episodes are coming out. But of course, the best way is going to be to subscribe to the link tree. That's right, linktr.ee slash T Scary Movie will give you direct links to the YouTube page, to a few of the audio pages like Spotify and iTunes. It'll also link you to my TikTok, to my Twitter as well. So you can keep up with all the fun horror news, games, movies, TV shows, whatever I'm talking about. Uh, this week I've been getting into a new game called Killer Frequency that just came out here in the last few weeks about a radio host who has to play 911 operator in a small town where a serial killer is on the loose. It has been absolutely fantastic. I did a little bit of streaming on Twitch earlier today. And uh, if you're watching this here on Wednesday, June 14th, if you hit my Twitch tonight from about 9 p.m. Mountain Standard Time onward, I'm going to stream a little bit of the game tonight on Twitch as well, too. So make sure to tune in. You get subscribed to the link tree. That's going to keep you up to date for everything that's going on, folks. And tonight, we have a great episode for you. Folks, we're going to jump right into it here with our movie reviews. The first movie that we are talking tonight is Influencer. Yeah. And Social media influencers have only been around for about 10 years or so. And it's crazy to think about because it's such a vital part of our lives and our various cultures now. So with that, let's get into... And with that, folks, we're just going to go right into movie reviews. we got two great movies to talk to you tonight about, including Influencer and The Blackening, which I got to go and see an early screening of, and I'm here with some spoiler-free details for y'all. So let's dive right into it. We're going to get started here with Influencer. Now, social media influencers have only been around for the better part of a decade or so maybe like a little bit longer and it's crazy to think about because influencers are such a vital part of our lives and our various cultures now and it really is a young profession that has just taken the world by storm and it's beyond saturated at this moment we've had influencers for a while but social media influencers those have really really popped up in the last 10 years we've had new social media platforms built because of them because they need more places to basically sell this new job that's out there and we've gotten some films that are focused on this uh, this particular world. Sissy, Unfriended, Nerve. There's, there's plenty more of them that are out there. But considering that it is such a young career, both in terms of how long it's been around and in terms of the people who usually are doing these jobs as influencers, it's absolutely ripe for horror. And it's kind of surprising that we haven't gotten way more films focused around it. 
And that's more than a decent reason for why Shudder's uh, Shutter's latest release here has managed to fly under my radar until it presented itself on the platform just a few weeks ago. Um, yeah, I mean, guys, this is one that I hadn't been paying attention to at all. Not one I had heard anything about. I know it hit some film festivals last fall, but I hadn't heard anything about it. And then suddenly in the last like week or two, I've just been seeing endless amounts of people talking about it. And I've mentioned to y'all how I've been trying to keep up with Shutter's new releases because they've been really, really good over the last couple of years. And so I've always been excited when they've been dropping something new. But somehow, I didn't know about Influencer. Now, written by Tess Gutikanda and Curtis David Harder, who also directs the film, Influencer tells the story of CW. CW, played by Cassandra Nod from Another Life and from Snowpiercer, is a young woman who meets a social media influence, uh, influencer named Madison, who's played by Emily Tennant from The Baby Swindler and The Watchful Eye. Madison's backpacking through Thailand, and while the girls are having a blast at first, Madison will soon discover that CW's uninhibited way of living works to hide a dark secret that will put her and her friends in danger of ever leaving Thailand's welcoming shores. Now, if you've been watching the show, having watched and reviewed 2007 Borderland recently, uh, I've been watching a lot of movies lately about Americans going into uh, other countries and being abducted. So these were definitely on my mind. Borderland is especially a, uh, a, a gruesome tale about what could happen if you're in the wrong place at the wrong time, especially if you're not, you know, home. And... Uh, again, I, I never seen the trailer for influencer. I'm going completely off word of mouth, checking it out. And I absolutely assume that would kind of be the tale there for it too, because I didn't know what kind of story I should be expecting. Is this a slasher? Is it a monster movie? You know, is it an, an abduction movie like borderland or hostile or anything like that? I had zero idea what to expect from this film. Uh, there's movies out there like broke down palace or return to paradise, uh, that, definitely come to mind about being in a foreign country and then ending up in prison and those movies absolutely I think you could watch them and see those as being somewhat horror because they're scary scary films but influencer isn't actually looking to follow those tropes and I don't say tropes negatively but those are specific kinds of films and it's not following those and it's not even following a hostile or a borderland kind of film um instead we're told and shown rather uh like rather earlier on in the film that cw here is the problem okay it's not the it, it's not the locals of wherever you know our characters are at it's not you know some shadowy secret organization or anything here like it's literally just this young woman who is the uh the danger to these people that her around that are around her and we don't necessarily find out why but that doesn't make it any less entertaining it becomes quickly, like, it becomes clear rather quickly, honestly, that CW uh, has been doing this for a while, that she's been stalking and targeting uh, countless, countless influencers who happen across her path. And while we aren't given a reason, 
it actually never really stands out because Cassandra Nod is just so great in that role that you can just accept right away that she's this deranged killer. We don't really need a motive behind why CW is doing what she's doing because CW is ruthless. She's calculating. She's also quite charming though too. And she spends most of the time ahead of her victims that even when the tables are turned, she's able to find a way out of the various predicaments that she's found herself placed in. Like she's never like becoming behind anybody, it seems like she's always gonna be the smartest person in the room. And Nod just plays this role so effortlessly, honestly. Um, I found the script refreshing because after a while, it really didn't matter what CW's motivations here really were. Um, whether characters are being nice or rude to her, that didn't change her feelings about what she was doing it, and it made it easier to really appreciate her. Because I think there's a lot of times in films these days to where we're presented with a new villain, and then we're also given like a lot of sympathetic feelings for them. Like, hey, they're doing these terrible things, but that's irrelevant. Like, we should still feel really bad for them. And I don't mind it. Like, it's fine. Because we're going to get that in a lot of films, for sure. It's going to be a big thing that happens. It's going to continue on happening. But... It's nice just to have a villain be a villain, you know, and not have to worry about like motivation, good or bad. Like maybe there are just, they're just psychotic. They're just deranged. And we don't need to know more than that. Like a lot can be said in what they're doing on screen versus just directly saying that. And the fact that we get to see CW do that to folks who are, like I said, uh, both nice and mean to her shows that there really isn't a good motivation that could probably like fulfill everybody. Like there's not going to be something out there that's just going to stand out to all of us watching that. And we're given enough to know that CW loathes the people that she targets because of who they are and like what their part in society is. But it's actually kind of interesting because it's very clear she doesn't like these influencers. Like maybe there's some resentment there that, you know, they don't appreciate what they have, that they look down on others, that they think they're better than a lot of people that are out there. You can definitely imagine that there's probably some resentment there, but then the ironic thing about it is that the title of the film, Influencer, is actually talking about CW because one of the things that CW is doing is that every time she kills somebody, every time that she's taken, a, taken one of these targets out, she basically adopts their online persona and continues on with you know their post, continues on with their story. And yes, some of that for sure is to cover her tracks, to make sure she doesn't get, uh, doesn't ever get, you know, uh, uh, get uh, arrested or convicted or anything like that. But then you have to kind of realize, well, some of this is obviously like something that she likes doing. And regardless of the fact that she seems to hold contempt for the people doing like the same thing without the murdering parts, it seems very much like this is CW's job. So she literally is an influencer. She's just somebody that's willing to kill to be the top influencer, if that makes any kind of sense. Um, it's weird. A character actually points out to her later on that, you know, she can't make friends. So she's basically stealing everybody else's friends. And that's a part of it as well, too, um, that she sees herself in these people's lives. And like, it's almost like she has to be the one to end what they're doing because it's a meaningless existence. 
But I don't know. That's a lot of, there's a lot of subtext in there that I'm just guessing on. And hopefully you can pick up that from me saying all this about it. There's a lot to really unpack with this film. I really love the way that it had me thinking about everything going on in CW's mind throughout the film. And the movie does a great job at splitting time between CW and three potential victims over the course of the movie itself. Um, and the fact that there's a different contrast with each of these victims. You know, we have Madison, who is genuine, she's genuinely kind and she has this loving nature to her. She seems like an actually nice person. We have Jessica, who's played by Sarah Koenig from uh, Superhost and from The Vampire Diaries, who's very brash and abrasive. And, uh, you know, she's somewhat self-centered as well, too. We have Ryan, who's played by Rory J. Saper from Summerland and uh, The Legend of Tarzan, who's uh, he, he's a partier. He's obviously like the typical like guy that we would see an influencer status that's out they're just partying all the time with a bunch of his friends a bunch of ladies all that kind of stuff and he's also a bit overbearing but we also find out that ryan actually is kind of a good guy as well too when it all comes down to things so getting to see these different victims that cw is like contrasted against gives her a chance uh, gives cassandra not a chance to like play cw in so many different ways and she really does a great job making each version of cw that we see come through be completely different from the last and unfortunately though that also leads to one of the shortcomings of the film you know cw takes extreme care just to make sure that she's like never featured on social media that you know her photos and videos and her image itself is never actually getting out there and i kind of thought at one point the film was going to really uh focus on that and that they were gonna make that kind of like the reasoning as to why she's now in this whole ordeal with Madica, uh, Madison, Jessica, and Ryan. But it, it like, it, we, we kind of point in that direction and then we never revisit it. We never go back to that ever again. And it's my own problem, but I didn't like that, that the film set up that this was likely how she was gonna get caught or how the tables were gonna get turned. And then they just kind of completely abandon it and then we never go back to it at all. It makes it seem like it was a complete waste of time and that it shouldn't have been introduced in the first place. I just feel that there was a lot of sleuthing that goes on in the movie and it would have been the logical payoff. Even if it was predictable, it would have been the right payoff for all the work that was being done. So it just seems kind of weird that we don't ever get a chance to actually see that in there. Um, Influencer is not particularly bloody, honestly. Uh, the various blows and kills through, through it definitely come off more painful because they seem so personal. And that actually makes it, makes it seem more brutal and vicious than it likely truly is. But this ends up being a, uh, a big benefit because we know that while we're watching this cat and mouse game, um, it makes each death matter that much more because there's not too many of them, but the personal feeling that CW just seems to put in each time that a blow is landed or a kill is completed just seems like she's working out a lot of shit that's going on within her. You know, she starts the film off right before the opening credits hit, leaving Madison with like this really, really chilling message of what's going to happen to her. And it's funny because that kind of leaves this resounding effect throughout the entire film until the end credits hit. And this message becomes even more important at the end of the movie. Um, 
And I don't want to spoil it, but I thought that was great, great foreshadowing here of her talking to Madison about what would ultimately happen and then just kind of seeing what does end up happening with that by the end of the movie. It's not one you want to miss, folks. It's one of my favorites of the year thus far. You can check out Influencer on Shudder right now. And we'll be right back with my, uh, my review of The Blackening. We got a contract. 20 hours out and back. You beat my engine man to death, it's gonna take a hell of a lot longer. Which is okay by me, since overtime will run you double rate. He was nosing around in my cargo. Okay, so he's nosy. The contract was no questions asked. No fellas. I vote we kick this little piece of shit overboard. <laughs> well, I vote we kill him. I vote we kill him, then we throw him overboard. Well, we don't vote here. See, it's not a democracy. <laughs> Welcome back to T Watches a Scary Movie. I'm here with my review of The Blackening. 23 years ago, we got the first scary movie. And no, I don't mean the first horror film, obviously. I'm talking about the parody movie, almost in the style of Mel Brooks or David Zucker that focused on horror films like Scream, I Know What You Did Last Summer, and The Sixth Sense. The film was a huge hit, it grossed almost $300 million off a $20 million budget, and it reignited the parody film in the 2000s. We got quite a lot of those movies after that, not just in Scary Movie, but a bunch of other different franchises as well. I think the history lesson is important as uh, the, the Blackening honestly would be easy to write off as a more updated version of something like Scary Movie, but I feel that that would be a mistake because while it does definitely parody a lot of horror films and black culture, honestly, I found The Blackening to be a more comedic version of Scream. Tim Story, who directed Shaft and the Fantastic Four films, amongst others, directs the script from Tracy Oliver, who wrote Girls' Night and Harlem, as well as Dwayne Perkins, who worked on Saved by the Bell in Brooklyn Nine-Nine, that tells a story about seven friends who are reuniting for the first time since college uh, that rent an isolated cabin on Juneteenth weekend, only to find themselves fighting for their lives from a killer who will use their knowledge of black culture against them. Now, Oliver and Perkins' script takes a lot of good key elements from slashers that we've seen before. The big opening kill, the whodunit mystery of trying to figure out who the killer is, the killer forcing the victims to play a game for survival. These are definitely beats that we've seen before, but... The Blackening manages to find itself uh, unique by getting a nice medium between parody and the act, like having actual stakes be at hand. There's definitely more than a fair share of jokes that get centered around horror films and the things that white characters do in them in comparison of the black characters. But unlike a parody, uh, unlike a parody movie where the reward would just be the joke itself, the script sets it up that the jokes are actually more of the setup and the, the situation that our characters are in is actually more of the punchline. It's a balance that doesn't always hit its mark in the 90 minute plus runtime. And it's unfortunately expanded a bit by the low body count. One of the funnier taglines of the film is that we can't all die first. And while that statement and that uh, connotation is absolutely hilarious, it also points out one of the larger problems of the film, that the body count is incredibly low. 
The amount of deaths in a horror film don't necessarily equate to the quality of the film. We have talked about that before, that you want quality over quantity in most cases. But when you have seven protagonists, it becomes pretty glaring if that body count is even lower than you'd expect. Like, seven is a lot. Seven is a lot of people to carry around there, and you need to have more than a few deaths of that seven. This problem just gets expanded as it calls the intelligence of the killer into question. And considering that low body count, there just seems to be a direct conflict between the killer seeming firmly in control of the situation and us trying to take the killer seriously. Like so much has been planned out for this weekend. But it seems as if uh, the board game our characters are forced to play is really the only thing that we can see that so much effort has been put into by the killer in the first place. The story does put a good focus on the various friendships and their strains and how a lot of this group has changed over the years, but that a lot of them are still in the exact same position. And whether it's calling out past entanglements, uh, mean stereotypes, or just thoughts in general, uh, the blackening really does shine when it's, uh, when even though its jokes look like they're calling out hurtful, damaging behavior that's embedded in black culture for decades, they're showing why we should move past that as well, too. So it does a good job of being funny, but while also conveying a message that really, really needs to be placed out there. Now... Grace Byers, Jermaine Fowler, X Mayo, Melvin Gregg, Dwayne Perkins, Antoinette Robinson, and Sinka Walls play the seven friends who are being hunted. And this group has some fantastic chemistry together. A lot of times with ensemble casts, you can really find weak links in certain pairings. Like they'll put together one or two people or three or four people, and it just doesn't work as well as other pairings do. But the Blackening didn't really have that problem as all of these cast members worked fantastically off of each other. And the film really does a good job at giving us different pairings throughout the film so we can see each person gets a chance to shine with somebody else. There's not a weak link in this cast at all. The wealth in the writing definitely got spread around really well as there's so many memorable jokes and one-liners from everybody in the film. Nobody gets a chance to kind of seem more important than anyone else. But in the terms of scares, the blackening is definitely lacking in that realm. The humor is there in abundance. It's fantastic. It's phenomenal. This movie is funny as shit. But a lot of the scares just seem like they're on the precipice of delivering. And at the last minute, it's like somebody just pulled back. Like they stepped away from the edge. Like the scene where the group is playing the, ti like the title game, they're playing the blackening. It's tense for sure. But because the scenes are largely played for last, it's hard not to really just go back to thinking about that body count again. There's plenty of tips, there's plenty of setups for multiple characters to meet their end in this film, but they get off the hook pretty easily. And just even one more depth, just even one more depth than what we get, absolutely would have like raised the stakes. It would have seemed like everybody was in actual danger, but instead there's just no reason to think that the situation that they're in right now is any more dangerous than just living their everyday lives, to be completely honest. One big surprising success, though, that I do have to mention is the game, the blackening that they actually play. It's like a more racist version of Trivial Pursuit. The characters are forced to answer like cliche questions about black culture. And my God, like 
I'm not I'm not one that talks a lot in movies because I like to pay attention to what's going on and stay focused and not distract others. But I couldn't help myself, y'all. When they're asking all these questions, I'm like, I know that, I know that, I know that. My God, my black culture is actually showing up and helping out right now. And then having the same problems <laughs> that the cast was having, answering the same questions. Like, oh my God, this is hilarious how spot on it is. Um, specifically, there was a joke made about friends. And the first thing I said when the question got brought up was that, you know what? This is very likely what the answer is. And then I start going with other characters and actually start thinking of other answers only to find out that the answer to the friend's question was exactly what I was thinking in the first place. It is one of the most hilarious moments I have ever had in a theater. I think this movie actually encourages people to talk during it and there's going to be a lot of it if you check that out. Folks, the, the Blackening is absolutely a modern day version of Scream Light. And while it's lacking the thrills, it more than makes up for that in terms of laughs and actual good relationships and chemistry from the characters to keep you hooked. Check it out. It's in theaters everywhere June 16th, folks. And that's going to do it for me tonight. Y'all, we are coming up on the end of another season. It's kind of crazy to actually think about here that uh, we only have really a couple weeks left and then it's start of season three here, folks. So I still got a lot of great stuff coming for you. Make sure you get subscribed. I'm going to be talking Brooklyn 4-5 here next week and then we're going to be talking the best of 2023 thus far. That's going to do it for me tonight, though, folks. I appreciate you tuning in. Make sure to subscribe. My name is T. We've been talking scary movies. Stay scared. Hey, everybody. I appreciate you tuning in for another brand new episode, movie review, game review, whatever it is now at this point. Don't forget, you want to get subscribed to my official channel so you can stay up to date for when I'm dropping new episodes, reviews, news, whatever it is. The best way to do that is get subscribed to my link tree. That's going to be linktr.ee slash T scary movie. Again, linktr.ee slash T scary movie. That'll keep you up to date with new videos, podcast links for the audio only version, as well as my letterbox where you can find written reviews. Get subscribed and don't forget, keep watching scary movies, folks. Stay scared.